If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. Every time we talk about money, about abundance, people take it about the way like, oh, you're so arrogant, and you're just looking for money. Uh, money corrupt the people, money is evil, money is evil, money uh, corrupt the soul. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America Show. We are going to be chatting with Elohim Leafar a little bit later. Uh, kind of like Elohim, but Elohim. Crazy. Uh, I'm going to be honest, this one's a little hard to understand. Uh, it's a harsh accent. Where is he again? Uh, Venezuela, I believe. Venezuela. Well, he's not in Venezuela, he's but from he's Venezuela. from Venezuela. He's in Toronto, I think. No, I think he's in New York. New York, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Close to Manhattan. Uh, so we had a few people in the live stream, had a hard time understanding him. It might help to put this in. If you're having trouble there, maybe try going down to three-quarter speed or seven-eighths if that's an option yeah, the on problem your is device. Then, then we're, we're going to be... sound super stoned. I mean, even me, I'm going to sound super stoned. I mean, yeah. I already sound stoned at one speed. Never mind about three-quarter speed, I sound really stoned. And I'm, you know, not stoned. So that's the risk. You're stoned on life. So, uh, you know, you don't want to be flipping back and forth on the speed, but... You guys want to hear some? Because uh, partially, it's his. He's got a pretty strong accent, and I mean, I understood most of it, but his mic's not the best either. So it, it kind of it's a mix between the accent and the mic. So let's try some three quarter speed action. No, 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 no! Don't don't start do playing that. Job, they, How do you do that? No, no. Again, the majority of people right. want what's happening. No, don't start playing it. Honestly, Darren. Well, if that's not. the case, then we don't really have a leg to stand <laughs> exactly. because yeah. we've yeah. a democratic society where we've agreed to mob rule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, do you want to raffle off? A I don't even know ticket? if that's three that quarter or what. Yeah, we got one dose. Yeah, we got one dose. September. Scablands in September. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't. I might sound like that at Scabbard. But I mean, you know, but we don't talk, hey. we don't over talk him lots. There's lots of like, there's about 15, 20 minutes where he talks. How could I over talk him? I was like using every ounce of my concentration to try and understand, understand what he was saying. Yeah. But it, the problem is that you got to go back because once you get, once you fall off, it's yeah. trying to get back into the conversation is a lot harder. Um, so yeah, the three quarter I mean, speed, I think will be a big help. The thing is, his book is 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 it is really good. It's I got it here on the. There's, I meant to put it on the table here, but it's the manifestation magic. magic. And and the thing is, it's it's not like it's not like you would think it'd be like a materialistic view of manifesting stuff. Like it, it really is talking about how to get rid of your Why your, your subconscious lack. You know, well because that's kind of what like the secret like all these things these manifestation things have a bad rap, right? That oh you're just trying to manifest a Ferrari or whatever. Like, you know, it's people think that. But this is kind of more about looking at your your view of money and and getting over your subconscious um uh blockages. 
around money and manifesting and lack and all that and talking about manifesting more for your future, not just enough of what you need right now kind of thing, you know? And cause like he mentions, like you need money to help your family. You need money to help people. You need money to live right now. Right. He talks about that bypass where all these spiritual people are like, Oh, I don't need any money. You know, I'm, I'm happy and content the way I am. Well, everybody needs a little bit of money, you know? So it's kind of a good, I, I like the, it's a really good take on it, but it also gets into all the rituals and the tools that you can use to help get into that space. A little yeah. bit of money definitely helps you help other people, all that sort of stuff. Exactly. So, so speaking of the Graham Stone podcast, uh, talking about the scablands in the scab, <laughs> we got to take it to raffle off for the scablands. If you're interested in that, they're $25 a piece, so three for 50 And I got to tell you, I think there's only about uh, 12 tickets sold so far. 12, four, yeah, about 15 maybe. So you got a real good chance here. I mean, if you go in, 100 bucks in, get six tickets, you got like right now like a 30% chance. You got like a winner. way better chance of that than getting sick for COVID or oh, yeah. damaged All by that jabs stuff. or anything like that. All that stuff. You got to head over there. Actually, this one you're going to go to uh, just send a PayPal. Send PayPal money. You just go to PayPal, send uh, 25 or 50 or whatever you want to send to contact at the cabin, all one word, at gmail.com. Put your email in the notes. And, uh, you have to put raffle it. or anything? And no, just I know. Email, just put email. Know I know exactly what. That's why I use that account yeah. because I know exactly what's nice. in there. It's easy to keep an eye on. That, so if you're having trouble with that or you're not using PayPal, we'll figure you out. We'll figure out something for you. Just shoot shoot Grammar I an email if you want raffle tickets and you can't figure it out. Let us know. Of course, that raffle does close in nine days. So you guys are getting this podcast today, nine days from today on August 31st. I believe we have a live stream that day and we will uh, do the raffle. The other thing I wanted to mention about that is that Contact of the cabin is on September twentieth, right? Twentieth to twenty sixth. And then there's another Zoom call. So like we don't even guy. we don't even really advertise this part, but Randall gets on and we have a Zoom call with everybody that's attending and he goes over what we're gonna do on the trip and goes over a lot of the geological stuff and the evidence for the massive floods and all that. So we do have another Zoom call before this trip. So you would be included and you, get the, well, you would that, be included in that uh, Zoom and you call get before to replay we replay the other ones. And you get to replay the other ones, yep. And uh, not only that, we also have a ticket up for resale right now. So if you want to get in last minute, I can get you in. Shoot me an email. Ooh, nice. um, someone's trying to hopefully can resell their ticket here at the final hour, which I don't think will be a problem. Um, there's been a bit of back and forth in that. Some of the older people backing out because of COVID concerns. Yeah. Another guy backed out because of, I'm not going to mention any names, but another fellow backed out because of our lack of COVID protocols. I had to send him a breakdown of our COVID protocols, which was extremely short. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty much you can wear a mask if you want. <laughs> um, so, but I digress. Anyway, there is a spot left for that. There is the raffle. If you want to come, it's going to be fantastic. We had we had ten percent of the people that went to the first scablands came back four months later. Rebought. Yeah, Bruce like is coming blast, back. Yeah. Kyle's coming back. Tony's Brandon coming back. Powell's going to be there too. Brandon Powell's going to be there. Ben from Uncharted X is going to be there. Brad too. Brad. Brad. Brad, Geocosmic Rex, the Snake Bros. Graham, did you book your ticket yet? I'm booking it, yeah. You're going. Graham's yep. officially going to contact at the cabin. He's going to be there. He's a van driver. Van driver for Graham. You and Ben can share a van, so you don't have to drive all the time. No, no, I'll be fine. I'm fine with driving it. I'll have my truck. Grease lighting. Nice. Uh, Kyle and I are driving down. 
So, right on. Good. He's actually coming, so he's going to be in the studio that Sunday night. Maybe oh, we should good. do something. Yeah. He's well, I'll be here gone that sun- Sunday. Oh, so. you'll be gone yeah. already. Maybe we'll, he can sit in for the intro. Yeah, there you go. When are you leaving? Early that probably Sunday? Probably Sunday. Yeah, probably Sunday. Yeah. I, I don't know yet. I'll see what the flights are like. All right. But I'm going to go to Seattle, I think, and then get, my way, to, get my way to Spokane. Right yeah. It was like a hundred yeah. and some bucks. Even Spokane was only 300 yeah, it's Canadian. just, it's just, I don't want to risk all the The problem with Canadian is like four was, connections. Yeah. yeah it's and like the pro- it's, it was longer. Every flight I could pretty well find to Spokane from here, you could drive there faster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Plus there's a, all those connections equal another percentage chance of it being delayed or Well, or that's why Kyle's, that's why whatever, Kyle's right? flying here. Yeah. Because his last time his flight got fucked yeah. around and he was yeah. a day late. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think he just I got can't. fucked over on the way home from Peru too. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have the right COVID test, so they Oh boy. Fully vaccinated. Didn't have the right COVID test. He's fully vaccinated. Yeah. Why does he have to test him? Everyone has to test. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I don't make the rules. <laughs> I mean, you don't have any rules. I mean, how, <laughs> how can how can you even like be surprised at that when you when you can't drive to the states, so you had to buy a plane ticket? Yeah, I, I know, mean, I know, it's crazy. Irony abounds. Yeah. Did you talk to Cyrus? Yeah, you can hang out with him. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, don't don't like if he says he could stay at my house, I just get a hotel just in case. Because <laughs> last time I like showed up there and last minute I was like out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, so I love you. Well, I'm not just kidding. That happened, but I still love him. Yeah, I understand it was out of his control. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Might as well just do the support spiel while we're here, I guess. Grandamerica.ca slash support. Okay. Well, can I start off with an email? Oh. And then right. you can get into it? Because can I play it's kinda... a jingle then for the email? Yeah. I forget where the jingles are on this one sometimes. No, you don't. I... What? Okay. Go for it. I could play like the uh, feedback jingle. Sure, sure, something like that. Yeah. The, sh- the uh, hmm, we don't have a lot of that. You know what? I'll just use this one. Greg is an all-in believer in chemtrails. Chemtrails. Oh. This is a lot of people's favorite jingle. And it's pretty good. I mean, if anything, your chemtrail belief is just an interest. This is <laughs> this is uh, from Paul in Australia, and it's just kind of it's got to do with support as well. But I also wanted to mention that um, we're going to play his voicemail, which is about twelve minutes long. A little update of what's happening in minutes? Australia. Yeah, we were going to play it on this show, but uh, we want to we want to play it on Outlawed instead. So it's going to be on the next Outlawed that comes out. Let's say like Thursday, the twenty. Six ish Was he drinking? No, no. Uh-huh. It's just it's a really good rap of what's happening in Australia. I love so it. this is the email that led to that. He says, anyways, my PayPal payment to Outlawed Plus was cancelled. I can't recommence payment. Can you advise? So this is a problem. Sometimes Did he get PayPal it not yet. No. He's gonna try again. So just go straight. <clears throat> Go to Stripe, yeah, and do it manually. Yeah. No, Stripe, you can do it automatically. No, but you have to do it manually, nope. don't you? No. no okay, no, okay, no. so it works as yeah. well, right? Okay, so there's Stripe and PayPal options for Outlawed Plus. But they do both drop off all the time. Like, I get almost, almost on a daily basis, I'll get an email for, or every other couple of days, I'll get an email for a subscription cancel. Some of them are are real, but I mean, it's just a problem with... Yeah, with PayPal. 
in general. And maybe Stripe, too. I yeah. mean, I'm pretty sure they have the same owner at the end of the day. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. The fees are the exact same. The other thing somebody asked is they didn't want to download an app to listen to Outlawed, but they were using Spotify. And I said, well, dude, Spotify deleted three of our old just deleted three of our There's October no episodes from the, the Grimerica show. There's no way to do plus through Spotify. No. I, you can listen on the website, though. <clears throat> well, they wanted to. Yeah, so you can go. To, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you can go to the website. And even on your phone, you could listen to it from the website. But you yep. can also download a Podcasting 2.0 app or you can download We have a new player on the website and all that should yeah. be working much better. I know there was some complaints before, but we have the new website now over on Outlawed. The player looks really good, show, actually. Right? The player on the on the Grimerica show looks really good because it's got each one's a small. Like yeah, you can we have scroll a new website too. All, right? Yeah, you can scroll through all those old episodes. Real easy to find them on the on the website. The website's good for the player. All five hundred. Yeah, uh, I don't know how far down it goes, but you can see. While you're on the website, you know, have a support. Anyways, support. the point is, like Spotify is is deleting our episodes, so we don't really support that. And uh, you have you do have to either listen on the website or get an app or, or download an app for, for right or download an app for I for still the, support for the plus stuff. right whatever oh my god it's just handy I know <laughs> whatever I'd like to get out but what are my options Apple Apple Music sucks dude I know it's terrible Spotify's great I know I mean they really got it figured <laughs> for music for music. <laughs> Suck for podcasts. Yeah. Fuck you, Spotify. I mean, I think they've kicked off probably about eight or nine or shows an hour. Yeah. I mean, eventually they're going to kick Outlawed off altogether, and I imagine they're just going to keep picking off episodes of the Grimerica show that they don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So you do need a podcasting 2.0 app or the website, right? You just need a podcasting app or a podcasting yeah, well, yeah, 2.0 app yeah, exactly, or the website. Exactly. But there's some newer apps that are less intrusive to your phone, I'm sure, right? I don't grabbing know. Lessons, I just, I'm pretty I just, sure that I don't even listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. <clears throat> so, what are you using these days? Still iCatcher? Yeah, and I have a podcasting 2.0. The problem is my phone is so out of date that a lot of the 2.0 apps won't work on my phone because my phone's not up to date enough. I haven't listened to a podcast in months. I don't know if you should say that as a podcast. Why? Well, I don't know. I mean, I know you're being honest and everything, but... If you want to put out so there because that, I'm a podcaster, like, I have to listen to podcasts. No, no, no. You just don't have to say you don't listen to it. Oh, like that's because people know. that are listening might be like, "Hey, maybe I should not." Listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like putting that energy out there. Not I mean, I'm doing I'm doing several podcasts a week. Do I need to listen to other people interview nope. people when I'm interviewing nope, them? Not at all. That's just going to influence my nope. style. I'm just a book guy. So he says, "Next, I live in Melbourne, Australia." I would like to tell you about what's happening here because we are on the brink of total societal collapse. I don't know what you are hearing, but I'm here to tell you that the tyranny is off the charts and the people have capitulated. We are on our sixth lockdown and every week it gets worse. This is war. Latest rules are that people in large households are not allowed to exercise together. We have a 5K travel limit. All playgrounds are closed and 9 p.m. curfews are in place. Worst of all, the people have rolled over. They have given up. The militarized police have become so violent at protests that it's not safe to attend anymore. In fact, it's idiotic to attend. I would like to tell you in detail what's happening via a voice message on Telegram, but only if you're interested. So anyways, he says Melbourne... He, th he thinks, and I agree, we are the test case. We were last year. If we are the test case, then things are going to get fucking gnarly in the Northern Hemisphere this winter. Business almost across the board is finished. The vast majority of businesses are not returning. 
I hope to God we are not the test case for the world. Anyway, so I'm going to play that because it's a great uh, it's a great little summary, 12 minutes of what's happening there in our next outlawed. Excellent. Which will be, I think, um, Friday. Yeah, it'll be Thursday or Friday, and it's going to be um, Derek Bros. I think. Derek Bros. Yeah. This is a fantastic chat, talking solutions and uh, <clears throat> um, freedom cells, passports, meditation, technocracy, all that kind of stuff. The cult of scientism. It's going to be pretty good. A fantastic chat, actually. A good one to check out uh, Gramerica Outlawed for. If you want to head over there, of course, head over to GramericaOutlawed.ca. Check out maybe some free episodes. See if you dig it. See if you don't. If you do, sign up for Plus. Get that extra two hours of Gramerica interviews a week. And then hopefully, uh, while you're on the internet, going around on websites, maybe head over to our website, Gramerica.ca. Head over to the support support page, grandamerica.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation. There's a Patreon option, a bunch of different ways to support the show. You can send us, if you want to send us Ethereum or anything like that, you can email us. We give you the address there. I guess, can you just post that address anywhere? Is that safe? I'm pretty... I'm pretty, uh, I keep those cryptos pretty close to the vest these days after losing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> I can't answer that question. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't even be involved. <laughs> we should do a show on cryptos and somebody we can said, help us understand we can just a little slowly bit more. Just take baby steps. Yeah. America, I know how to turn ETH into money. So America.ca slash sport. If you want to do that, if you want to support the work here. I know with the 510 episodes or whatever in there, it comes off as a free show, but it's technically not a free show. It's a value for value show. We take a lot of time, effort, uh, all that sort of stuff, spend a lot of money, put this show out there. If you can find it, finding some value from the show, adding some value to your life, to your day, to your commute, uh, head over to gramerica.ca slash support today and make that right. Clear that karma. And, uh, you know, you might need that karma heading into the new world. All right. What's next? What do you want, buddy? What do you got? I got a quote, and I got a project operation. What else? Uh, I got a little bit of feedback. You got feedback? What's that? That's the old leopardy jingle. Oh, my God. You remember this one? Yeah. This is a good one. On the podcast What's this, a support jingle? Or yes what? Okay, I got a synchro too actually Do you? Yeah It's kind of more feedback synchro but That thing is like goes on for another three or four minutes, but I'll cut it off there, and we will get to Graham's little quote. Little guy's little quote. It's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the week. 
So this is, uh, okay, I'm not going to say anything more. I'll just read it here. National socialist and communist medical practices were considered ethical by Nazi and Soviet ethicists. Those examples ought to have taught us that one man's moral intuition is another man's crimes against humanity. Most of the ethical problems of modern medicine are rooted in the alliance between medicine and state, giving the physician power not only over the patient, but also to shape cultural opinion and law. Hence, medical ethicists worthy of the name must follow Socrates' example, be critical of medicine, medical power. He is not needed as yet another authority. <clears throat> he is not needed as yet another authority to undermine the citizens' privacy, dignity, and liberty. That's from over twenty years ago. Who said it? Uh, it was Thomas Saz's book Pharmocracy from uh, the eighties. Pharmocracy. Eighties yeah, is forty years was, ago, bro. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. It's 2000. I don't know. I don't know. 2003. It might be. It's over 20 years ago. Let's just move on. <laughs> 2003 was not over 20 years ago. Oh, it's 2001. Okay. 20 years ago. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, ago. there you go. What's that noise? But it's military to me. Definitely military. Probably classified too. Dish fire. Prism. Sentry eagle. Sigma. Mannerkin. Artichoke, MK Ultra. Operation Project. Project Operation. This is Project Iceworm. You ever heard of it? No. Iceworm? No. Is it an ice fishing one? Uh, no. Similar, in a way. So it was a top secret U.S. Army program of the Cold War, and it aimed to build a network of mobile nuclear missile launch sites under the Greenland ice sheet. So the ultimate object of placing medium-range missiles under the ice, close enough to strike targets within the Soviet Union, was kept secret from the government of Denmark. To study the feasibility of working under the ice, a highly publicized cover project known as Camp Century was launched in 1960. And then it says, <clears throat> bullshit, unstable ice conditions within the ice sheet caused the project to be cancelled in 1966. <clears throat> Anyways, it talks about... Um, these were secret for decades, but it came to light only in 95 during an inquiry by the Danish Foreign Policy Institute into the history and use of these storage and nuclear weapons in Greenland. The inquiry was ordered by the Parliament of Denmark following the re release of previously classified information about the six 1968 Thule Air Force Base. Um, there was a, a, a B-52 crash and it contradicted previous assertions by the government. So it talks about uh, the feasibility of construction techniques <laughs> and this project site called Camp Century, and it was uh, started by the U.S. military, located at 2,000 meters in northwestern Greenland, 150 miles from the American Thule Air Base, and, or is it Thule? 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 The radar, radar and air base at Thule had already been active since 1951. Anyways, it talks about this being like this huge system of tunnels, 4,000 kilometers in length, to deploy up to 600 nuclear missiles. And they've got maps here of this camp sentry layout and what they planned on doing. Isn't that who makes those roof racks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they came out of the army base. <laughs> Cover company. Yeah. 
And so there's a, I'll, I'll put a link here to the show notes, but it's pretty fascinating that they have uh, this ton- They wanted to build this tunnel system under Greenland for nuclear weapons. The size of the proposed missile con- complex was uh, ice army's ice worm missile network was outlined in a 1960 army report titled strategic value of the Greenland ice cap. And if fully implemented, the project would cover an area of 52,000 square miles roughly three times the size of Denmark. And it would have these floors 28 feet below the surface with the missile launchers even deeper and clusters of missile launch centers would be spaced four miles apart. And new tunnels were to be dug every year so that about five years there'd be thousands of firing positions. All inside the ice? Yeah, amongst which several hundred missiles could be rotated. Makes you wonder eh, if if it actually did happen. I could see the ice being fairly unstable. Yeah, they called it sheet ice elasticity. So although the although the ice cap appears on its surface to be hard and immobile, snow and ice are visoelastic materials which slowly deform over time and depending on the temperature and density. So the, despite its seeming stability, the ice cap is in constant slow movement spreading outward from the center. The spreading movement over the course of the year causes tunnels and trenches to narrow as their walls deform and bulge, eventually leading to a collapse of the ceiling. So by mid-1962, the ceiling of the reactor room within Camp Century had dropped and had to be lifted five feet. So they were having some logistical problems under the ice. I wonder if there's any old nukes stuck up in there. Jammed in, couldn't get them out. Yeah. Uh, We'll just leave them here. They'll be never come out. Until the ice melts. Yeah. I'm a rambling grand with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. This is an email. This is uh, this is awesome because it's talking about an, an an episode that was halfway through our catalog, two fifty seven below below that. No, so like two forty eight. Okay, two forty eight. That's got to be that's the the that battle with the devil guy. What? What? What's his name again? Anton Levey. How'd you know that? Well, I mean, I I'd put all the numbers in. <laughs> well, dude, come on! Hi, Great America dudes. My brother and David I were inspired somehow. enough by your episode two forty eight with Pastor Dave Bryan to write a song about it. I can't believe you just guessed that. I didn't guess it. What yeah, guessing implies guessing? You remembered. I remembered. Here's three ways to listen. So he's got three. Uh, it's actually a pretty cool song and pretty cool band. He's got some links to this, this, uh, the song. So they wrote a song about this Dave, um, Pastor Dave Bryan episode, which was one of our craziest episodes. I mean, it was, it was a fresh, um, brand new perspective in a way, you know, from the spiritual Garrett battle. Garrett sent us up with Garrett. Our buddy yeah. Garrett set us up with that. So he says, the story has some local roots for us too. I'm a fly fisherman and fish for trout in the lower Yuba River that flows not too far from the Hell Motel, spoken about in Dave's book, The Serpent and the Savior. I was always curious about where it was on the map in reality, and Dave basically pinpoints it in the book. 
I missed my turn to get on the freeway back home to Sacramento on one fishing trip out there and found myself stopped right in front of the place where I took my phone out to see how to get back on track. I got my own synchronicity after revisiting the story long after we wrote the song. Yes, the spot has a weird vibe. Hope you enjoy and keep up the great work. Love the show. I'll yeah. put a, I'll put a, I'll put a link in the show notes to the song. It's pretty cool. Well, I could use it as the outro. Yeah, probably. I'll forward it to you. Send yeah. me the song. I'll use it as the outro music for the episode. All right, what else you got? I think that's about it. That's what it. What you got? Yeah, I've got nothing. I went horse riding yesterday. My oh, butt's still. Oh sore. yeah, just your butt or other whole. My other... knees too. It's yeah. hard on the knees. <laughs> the knees and the butt. The back. And the oh. galloping was hard on the balls. Oh really? I almost got bucked off at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have something to tuck them into, or no? I you guess just gotta I trust that they don't fall down while you're maybe up in I the air. Wear I mean, a tunic. You just gotta trust that they don't end up under your leg while you're bouncing around <laughs> like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't. Going fast on a horse doesn't seem fun. The know, lady that was it. leading it, she was like, "Don't let him go down the hill. Don't let him go fast down the hill." Because I guess if he does a trot down the hill, then he does a lope up the hill. Which involved at the bottom a large jump over the gully at the bottom of the hill. Because we're going through the Kananaskas, the mountains, for fuck's sakes. Like, with one hill we were going down was so steep, they're sliding on the butts. Oh, what? The horses were sliding on the butts? Or yeah. you guys? What? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's wild. That is wild. And the, and you're on the horse while it's doing that? Yeah. What? The kids did better than me, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, yeah, that makes sense. They're in lessons and it's stuff. It's harder to ride. I, when I was on a horse, uh, like, what, 20 years ago or whatever... Uh, it was tough. It was hard. I was, um, I didn't do very well. You didn't do very no, well. No, it's very jarring, right? Like if you're not, oh, yeah, if you're just, not going with the thing, it's just it's like, very, oh, yeah. if they start was, trotting, I mean, I couldn't imagine that thing going. Full tilt. Like, exactly. Holy fuck. Imagine man. shooting an arrow off that. Like the, <laughs> like the, um, the warriors that you'd have to grow up on it. Yeah. I mean, because even just that the step, there's a real, you'd have to really get used to the fucking. Like, yeah. I don't even see how it's possible. Yeah. Seen Partridge, though. Didn't have my gun. I'd like to have a hunting horse one day. We'd wander around through the woods together. No running, though. I mean, just the wandering. I just need a softer saddle, yeah. maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm not a horse guy. Once I get a horse, I'll figure some of that stuff out. Maybe. Exactly. There'll be no running, though. I don't see a point in running. Right on, buddy. Paul's at the air show right now. Jasper Paul says it's packed. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Alberta's open for business. Fucking Banff is crazy. I think there's a couple of my family members in Banff right now. Nobody ever messages. We're coming through town. <laughs> Welcome. Anyway, uh, I think that's about it. That's all we got. Yep. We uh, enjoy this chat. It's a fun one. Like I say, it's a little hard to understand. You might now's the time where you may want to snap that thing down to three quarter speed, and it might help. Might not. You really need to concentrate here, though. There's no way you're listening to this while you're driving down the freeway in the rain. There's, you're gonna have a little more trouble. Some people are good with good with accents. I'm pretty good with accents. I mean, I caught most of it, like ninety five percent of it. Things didn't go awry on you? No. <laughs> Speaking of awry instead of awry, adultbrain.ca. If you want to get that uh, now 19 book back catalog, we got 
19 audiobooks available in there. Some of the best esoteric titles of all time is read by the one and only Graham Dunlop. Give us a good review. His pronunciations only go hourly once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be your tagline, eh? Other than that, enjoy the chat with Elohim Leafar. Tonight we have an interesting episode about magic. Another one. We welcome Elohim Leafar with us. Thank you for joining us. Good night, everyone. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank you for coming on the show. And are you, uh, I think you're coming far away, aren't you? Uh, I, I come from Venezuela. I'm living now in New York, but right. I born in Amazon, Venezuela. I have six years living here. Okay. So you, did you say you're in Europe? No, Venezuela. Oh, Venezuela, okay. Next to Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said you moved to Europe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Not yet. Maybe in the future. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. And, uh, I mean, this is good timing. We talk about manifestation and trying to use our intention for for good, positive things, you know, part of a... Self-improvement, and, and it's good to have, uh, you know, we talk about the magical aspect of it, too, but I like uh, how your book talks about all the different things you can do, um, but it also gives good context on manifesting money, not for, you know, obviously not for greed, or not as a material as it, a material thing, but for for uh, for the benefit of, of us, you know? So how, do you, how did you start, how did you start um, deciding on how to, why to write this book? Uh, well, the thing is, uh, I come from a, my, my my background is religious family. Everybody in family practice some kind of magic or, or healing. Uh, so I grew up with this bypass. It's a lot of bypass in, in the community when because we have this weird theory that when you are spiritual, you don't need ma- uh, money in your life. That is something that people repeat over and over, and it's very weird uh, because in the end of the day, I don't care how spiritual or magical you are, you need to pay your rent, you need to pay for your insurance, for your medicine, for your stuff. If you want to send your your uh, son or your daughter to a very good school, you need money for that. You pay everything with your money, not with hawks. We want it, but not. Uh, so it's a lot of bypass in these communities about it. And every time that we talk about money, about abundance, people take it in a bad way, like, oh, you're so arrogant, you're just looking for money. Uh, money corrupt the people, money is evil, money is evil, money uh, corrupt the soul. I remember that one of the friends of my sister always was in home and she was always repeating that, oh, I have good friends, so I don't need money in my life because people with money are so greedy, I don't really need it. 
but she was always looking uh, to have, you know, the best shoes, the best smartphone, the best clothes. And that's pretty normal because you are here uh, all time in the planet. It's very short, we're so we are trying to enjoy it and take advantage uh, of this. So it's not anything bad if you want to have a very nice life. Especially something that I always say to, to my people is, if you are an abundant person, a financially abundant person, you have the opportunity to help to your loved ones, to help to your family. So it's not being arrogant, it's not being greedy, because if you have money, you can help your mom, your daughter, your sister who has a problem, or, or your brother. You can do a lot of things if you have the money. If you don't have it because you are so spiritual that you don't need it, you are just uh, stop helping people around you who probably need your help. That's too. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you can always use it to help people. Yeah. So, so, and you call that a bypass? Like that's like a, a spiritual bypass about the money? It's a bypass because uh, this is the thing when you when you are inside of these communities where everything is about magic, about sorcery, about witchcraft, everybody is so spiritual. So it's like I do readings, but you know, I, I, I don't ask too much money because this is my time. People, when talk about money inside of these circles of spirituality, immediately they have this mindset, mindset like, if I talk too much about money, people will talk, will take me like someone greedy. Yep. So they, they try to avoid the conversation. So uh, in which is your work? I do readings. I do tarot readings. Oh, so you pay, people pay you for that. Yeah, but you know, I don't ask too much money for that. It's okay if you ask a lot of money for that. It's your work. It's your education. When you're asking for a reading, you are asking people not for the hour that they are sitting down in there. It's for all the books that you buy to take all of this. It's for all the classes that you pay in your past. I mean, you had course, good courses on tarot cards is like $300 or $500. You make this inversion on yourself. You buy books, you dedicate your time three, five, ten years to do reading. So now you're asking for money, which is the problem why you are saying that. If someone is a politician or someone is a teacher, you don't ask about money. But when someone works in something spiritual, people try to avoid on the topic of the conversation. No, I, I know related with money. I don't really need it because I'm so spiritual that I don't really need it because I am in another level, because I am so much spiritual, <laughs> because money is greedy. Money is for people in a very low energy. I don't really need it, but you pay your rent with money. You buy your food with money. So something that we do always in sorcery, and it's a very big mistake, is that every time that we are working, uh, every time that we do some kind of spell casting, is love. love. Love is energy. So you are working with this energy. I'm trying to do a spell for protection. Yeah, protection is an energy. We are talking about gods and goddesses. All oh, gods and goddesses are energies and archetypes. But when you say the word money, everybody around look at you like, oh, you are so greedy. You're just always thinking of money. Money is energy too. Money is an energy that preferably try to have it in your side, in your right side. Because we are always saying you are a magnet, you are calling or attracting the things that you like. So you think positive, you bring positive things, you think negative, you bring negative things. But when we talk about money, we say don't think too much on that, which is a problem with thinking about money. I mean, you can think on that, you can think in being a financial abundant person. In the end of the day, this helps you to raise others, this helps you to help others. If you want to support any foundation or any good cause, around the world that you really want to support because it's a good thing. You need money yeah, yeah. to support yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah. 
if, if you want to adopt childs, the first thing that, that the people uh, will ask you is, you have the money to raise this child in your home? You need the money for that. Yeah, yeah. So, so money is not something real. Money is just a tool that you have. Yeah. And imagine money is an energy. So what, what we do is trying to work with that energy and trying to have it in your favor. Yeah. Like, uh, we always say that you are calling the things that you are thinking. If you continue thinking that money is bad, that money is wrong, that you don't want money in your life, you are putting money very away of you. If you think that money is something positive, something good, money will be very available to you. I see this problem many times that one uh, very common situation is that most of my clients have it is Elohim. I make a lot of money every week or every month in my work. I make $5,000. I make $10,000 a month. I am, I am the, uh, the host of this program or I work in this amazing office in, in New York. And I make so much money, but in the end of the week or in the end of the month, I don't know what is happening. I really don't have any money in my account. I don't have any money in my pocket. I don't know what is happening. So what is the thing? The money is flowing in your way. But you continue saying, I make a lot of money, but I'm not here for the money. I'm doing the work because I really love it. I'm not here for the money. They continue trying to lie to themselves. Like, I don't really need the money. I don't really want the money. So money just, ah, you don't want me in your life. Perfect. I go to stay away of you. Yeah, I like how you address that that in the book quite a bit. Like our preconceptions of money are holding us back because we have these negative preconceptions. Like I've, you know, maybe my maybe we were struggling for money when I was growing up, or there was always stress around money, or I think the money is the root of all evil. I mean, we grew up with all these kind of memes and perceptions about money, and it holds us back. And then you talk about people that do have the ability to manifest money into their life, but they don't manifest enough. It's just very temporary. It's a constant sort of like, exactly. so maybe you can break that down a little bit as well. Yes. Uh, for example, I, I think that I, when I was working on the book, something that I really see that I remember is uh, I always think that autistic people are very smart, are the smartest people in this world. My nephews are, are autistic, both of them. Are autistic or artistic? Autistic. Autistic? They are in, yes, they are in the spectrum. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, 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 they are incredibly smart. And one day we have this conversation, they come to home because my, my mom sent them to buy some bread and some uh, cola and something. And when they come back to home, my mom immediately say, oh, go to wash your hands. And my nephew says to my mom, why I wash my hands before I go out? Oh, I just buy these things. Why I need to wash my hands again? Uh, because my nephew is very ecology person. He's, I don't want to waste the water so much. And my mom immediately said to him, oh, because you take the money. And remember that money is dirty. And in that moment, I have like this breakdown in my mind. Like, wow, we are always saying to our child, in home, that money is, is bad. Dirty. Money is dirty. Yeah. Yes, money is dirty. Money is nasty. You take the money, go to wash your hands because money is dirty. We don't say wash your hands because you don't know who else take the money for you. Because you know the jail and the thing. We always, we just go there and say wash your hands because you touch money and money is dirty. So we grow up from very child listening money is dirty. So you take money, wash your hands. You take the, you take the uh, credit card, wash your hands. If you have money, no show ups too much. Don't talk about money because people will think that you are greedy. So it's all of this that money is the worst thing in the world. But in the end of the day, we are in a physical world 
and this physical world moves moves around money. Yes, uh, it's very nice. This quote is very nice that says we are spiritual beings, being having a, a physical experience. It's very nice. It's a wonderful quote, but it's totally true. We are having a physical experience, so don't put a bypass on there just because I am a spiritual being, so I don't need money because. When you are old and you need your medicines and you need your insurance, you will need the money in your side. So it's a grown thing, continue repeating over and over, oh, money is wrong, you don't need it in your life. You really need it. You work for the money, you go to the college for the money. You don't go to the college and pass five or seven years of your life in there, paying and paying and paying a very expensive career, to then say, oh, you know, money is not so important because you will pass the next 20 or 30 years of your life Paying, uh, paying for the college that you that you did. Yeah. So it's very important trying to have it in your side. So how d- break down a little bit on your book how you how you how you teach people to get through the uh, the lack the lack like you're still manifesting with lack in your in your intention you know instead of the the flow of abundance like even though you're you're trying to manifest money because you deserve and I'm not saying money just for money but like you say for helping people for let's say for for um. For a good uh, intention, you know, um, yes. but there's still there's still that lack there. How do you get past that? Yes, this is the thing. Uh, that, that's the reason why we have so many exercises in the book. Uh, people in this community, in the medical community, when they buy these books, you always find these spell castings for money. So people is like, oh, I need more money. So they go, they made a spell, they don't understand why the spell is formulated in that way. They just understand that it's green candles, it's put in circles, it's put some herbs. I don't know which herbs <laughs> and why, but I just throw that in there because the author knows well, so I need to compile and trust in the author. And made a spell and it's going to give you some money. You go, you did it, but the problem is that you are asking to the universe or God or the goddess or how do you prefer to name uh, the, this higher being? And you are uh, asking from the lackness. And the universe, the universe is so big, the universe has stars, has has stardust, has black matter, has so many galaxies. The universe don't speak a language. The universe talks on energy, on vibration, on frequencies, on vibes. So you are just sit down in front of your candles, oh, I want money, I want money, I want money. And the universe is just watching you that you lack of money and you're asking for something. So the universe trying to work for repetition. Oh, you have this, let me give you more. But for that's the reason why we say that when you are grateful for something, the universe gives you more. Oh, I'm grateful because I'm, fe- I'm feeling very healthy today, so you will continue feeling in that way. If you're starting to say tomorrow, oh, I'm feeling sick, immediately you will start to feel very sick. It's like this day when you feel, I think that this day I will have a headache, and immediately you have a headache. You literally conjure that, the universe, the universe works in that way. It's like, this uh, sign language or this color language or light, uh, light language that is made uh, is used for the helicopters in wars, they change lights. So they communicate in that way during the war. I learned that because I was in the military school. Uh, so the universal thing the same way. You are asking me for this, so I go to give you more of what you are having in this moment. So an exercise that I like to do is Make feel grateful. Maybe you don't have many things. Maybe you, the worst scenario, your your freezer is totally empty. You don't have any money in your pocket, but you find a coin. You take the coin and you say, "I am grateful because I have money in my hands." The universe don't will think, "Oh, you have a coin." No, the universe 
think you are grateful because you have money. So let me give you more money. So we see like that. And you continue having the frozen, the, uh, the prison, totally empty. But the universe understands that you want more of this. This makes you feel grateful. So the universe, the universe act like your father. Your father don't ask you which is your favorite color. Your father knows that you are always dressing in green. Your father assumes that you like the green color. So every time that he goes to buy a shirt for you or some pants, he goes to try to buy it in your favorite color. The universe acts in that way. The universe is saying, okay, you like this, let me give you more of this. Because this is what you want. If you, and I see this many times because I have the opportunity to grow up in this magical system with my mom who has worked on, on in, the, in the esoteric field for so many years. I see all of these clients coming home, making lines, very long lines for her, for readings, for cleansing, and all the time where they were like, I don't have money, my life is so hard, I don't like this. I see doctors who work like 20, 40 hours a week. They receive a lot of money for their work. They live very well, but they are, oh, I don't have time. I feel so bad. I don't have time for this. Uh, all the money that I do is, is, you know, I don't really feel like I am a successful person. You are a successful person. You literally go in a very competitive career. You end your career in the college. You graduate. You have a job that no, no one else has. It's a very special job. You are saving that you are receiving money for this, and you are be, being very well paid for that. So try to be a little bit grateful, and you will see how things are starting to turn. It's like the filters on Instagram. Oh, I want that this picture to look white and, uh, and black. So it's I like an algorithm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, 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 it's something like that. You try to put a filter on that. Okay, I am in the worst situation, but let me try to see it from a different perspective. And I know that in these years, we are working a lot to trying to uh, talk about mental health. It's very important because it's very difficult being positive, especially after the year that we had. 2020 was so stressful, was so much anxiety, so much depression. It's very difficult. But this means that you can try. You can, you can continue trying. It's just trying to change the future. Okay, I don't have anything in this moment, so let me call my lesson. What, which things I have in this moment? Okay, I have my two hands, so I can work. I can continue talking, so I can uh, try to communicate with someone. I have some coins in my pocket. I know how to do this and this, so let me try to defend myself doing this. Let me try to, to sell something in the street. A lot of times people come to me like, you are always talking about money because you have so much. I don't have so much money. Actually, I arrived in New York City without talking anyone in English, without a teacher, without a lawyer. That is very complicated. Five, almost six years ago. And I literally have $15 in my pocket. And when people really think that that is a lie, I immediately send it. Try to go to Google and try to look some information about how is my, my country, about the money, about the dollar. You can literally travel out of the country with more than $20 in your pocket because they, they wash your, your, uh, your clothes. They make a review on, your, on your, uh, your, your stuff. They try to watch everything that you have, including your bank account. And if they know that you have some money, they don't let you travel out. So I don't have $20 a day, I just have 15 And I are literally arriving in Atlanta before to make my transfer to New York City with just $15. I sleep in the streets. I pay, um, I pay to use the bathroom in McDonald's for a long time. And I was doing money just selling charm bags and amulets in New Square Street for weeks in the winter 
Well, I continue believing, okay, the universe will compensate me for all of this because maybe I am manifesting something in, in the wrong way. I continue doing it, I continue doing readings, I continue doing my stuff. And in months, okay, now I can pay for this. Now I can pay for a decent food. Uh, now I can pay for a rent. Now I can pay for, for a room. Now I can pay for a small apartment. Now I can pay for a bigger apartment in a bigger place or in a better place. I continue doing this exercise. Just in the end, I decided to sit down and let me write all of this, how I did it, to teach other people how I really did it and how you can try. And when people say, oh, it's because you are so positive, I'm not a very positive person. First of all, I am Capricorn. I am the most negative person that you can have around. I always try to see the glass very half, very, uh, very empty. I am totally Capricorn. And for the other side, I suffer anxiety from very, very childhood. I don't use that like excuse. I never use that like, like, like excuse for anything. So I just try to focus because in the end of the day, I don't care how I feel, the universe and the, and the world I understand will continue running, whatever I feel. If I feel good, if I feel bad, the universe will continue running. So I prefer, okay, I feel bad today, but I will continue working on this. I will try to focus my mind on that. I try to focus my, uh, myself in that direction. I continue feeling wrong, I continue feeling bad, I continue feeling depressed, but I try to keep my focus in that way. So what I try to teach to people is make that in every aspect. If you feel empty, you feel lackness in this moment, try to don't do the spell because you are asking to the universe for more lackness. So don't do that. Just wait a little more, continue working in your things, continue working in your job. And when you feel a little better, a little more grateful, sit down and make the spell. The universe will recognize your emotion, your energy, how are you feeling? And the universe will try to take, oh, this is how you are. We just lost him. He froze up. Good position, though. Yeah, that could be like a CD cover or something. Yeah, yeah. He's not, or, or it could be the Illuminati triangle, though. Like, Should that's I the only problem. Oh, there he is. <laughs> He's, you, you did the Illuminati. You froze in the Illuminati triangle. I was a little worried. That was probably a sign. So... I mean, I love that. That's a really good, good advice. Staying, staying, watching uh, the awareness around what your state of being is to be careful. You're not manifesting more of that. I mean, you do talk about conscious thinking and conscious talking because, you know, you're always really casting spells, right? What the way you think, the way you talk. So maybe you can, I mean, and you were sort of getting into that a little bit is how, how to break through that conscious, those subconscious patterns of negative thinking and all that stuff. Right. I mean, it's, I think that is key. The intention is, is key to manifesting more of the good. Yes. It's for example, I remember the, this very old witch in my country. Uh, she has a very uh, difficult break with her husband. So every time that she was doing a reading to a new client, and she just sees something very wrong in the relationship. In the tarot cards, she just focuses in that way to the client. Oh, you know, your husband is probably cheating on you. And she was, you know, because people reflect things. It's when you feel bad in your personal life, you reflect that in your job. This not mean that you don't like your job. It's just that you are having a hard day. And you are reflecting that in that, in that way. And she was doing that all the time. And one day I sit down. And I say to her, you, know, you don't think that you're reflecting this in the clients? And she just said to me, oh, it's because all the men are trash. All the <laughs> men are garbage. You can't trust in any man in this life, including your dad, because I remember that you have a very nice relationship with your dad. Oh, but my dad is different because he's a... So people reflect 
things. And when you are working in, with energy, with the energy of someone else, you are reflecting your energy in there. So which is the worst mistake that someone can do in this occasion? Oh, people go to her asking for love spells, and they was like, wow, this is so wrong. She don't go to her in a very good way. So every time that she works in these spells, you see the people coming back like in six or nine months uh, back to her. Oh, you know that spell that you did? I need that you try to fix that because it's a very bad relationship. The person is very manip manipulative or is a liar or is always cheating on me. This, because they are reflecting their emotions in the spell casting because they are not being conscious about the actions that they are taking. And imagine we have... This is the thing. Uh, we are always saying that we have a physical body, a mental body, a spiritual body. So I exercise that I like to teach to my clients and to my readers uh, and my students is try to focus that in every spell that you do. Try to focus yourself in the way that of what you are manifesting physically, mentally, and spiritually. Try to focus your intention, your attention, and your action. Your intention is your emotions. It's your spiritual way. Your um, your physical way is for your actions. It's, it's not just how oh, I have the good intention, but I'm not taking any actions. And the contrary, I'm taking all the actions, but I don't have the intentions to do it. Try to focus everything. For example, I see many times people when working in this field, like me, doing a spell casting, and they are doing something for a client, a very nice protection spell. And you see the spell, and I mean the circle, the candles, everything so well made, but they are talking with the person next to them. Oh, you know that, that day I was having a family. Why do you focus in the spell? Oh, you know, don't worry. Because I have so many children in the spell that this go to work, but you're not focused. Your mind in there, you are not focused, your, your spirit and your emotions in there. You are talking with the other person. You know what say my neighbor to me that, that day? Oh, she's an awful person. But they are focusing in this spell. And they are receiving a lot of money for this. And then you see the clients come back because they have all the right, you know, I pay you a lot of money for this, and this is not resulting, so I want my money back, and that happens a lot of times. And I said, in, in this case, try to focus totally on this, physically, on the spell, all the actions that you're doing, mentally, on the spell, which is your attention focus in this moment. Try to focus your attention, your intention, your actions in just one way. So in that, in that way, you are focused physically, mentally, and spiritually at the same time, in the same place. My body is, do, is here doing the spell casting, doing the actions, grabbing the candles, doing the spell, crafting the circle. Mentally, I am here. I'm trying to put all my attention here. I'm not watching the phone. I'm not listening to the music in, in, in the background. I'm focused here. Spiritually, what is my intention? Here, my emotions is here. So I'm trying to do a love spell for a client. I'm trying to focus in which things I consider that are love, how much I love my pet, how much I love my apartment, different ways of love, how much I love uh, my relation, my personal relationship, how much I love my family. I try to focus all of these aspects of love in just one aspect, because what I want for this person is that they really manifest different ways of happy love in their lives. Is if I'm doing a love spell, but I am, a, but I am hurting, and I'm thinking, oh, I remember that my ex, she told me so many times, this is not to work. Because your mind is in another place, and you go to reflect that in your spell. You need to be conscious about every step that you're taking, every step. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So intention, attention, and action. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So how how what are, what is some advice to help people do that? Because that's difficult. I mean, it's not easy to focus. It's not easy to focus like that. I mean, I it gets so easy to get distracted. So is there concentration meditations or things that you do to practice that? Yes, the first thing that people need to understand is turn off your phone. Your phone is your best friend because your phone knows everything about your life. You have seen there your selfies, your GPS, your phone knows exactly where you are in every moment. Uh, if you are cheating your wife, your phone knows that. Your phone <laughs> is your best friend, but that is your, is your best enemy. Because we keep you distracted because you are all the time, oh, I have some notification from social media, I have some notification from WhatsApp, I have some message, I have a call. Your phone is sounding every time. So turn off your phone. If you're doing something that you really think that is important, turn off your phone. Try to focus. Like when you are in a date with, with your girlfriend, you sit down in there, but but are you there in the restaurant with the phone in the hands? And nobody's talking. So you are not really in a date. You are in a date with your phone and she's there just for decoration. Try to turn off your phone because it's something important. That's the best way to start a meditation. That's how you meditate. Meditate is just trying to focus on something. It's just trying to free your mind about what, what is around you and trying to focus in just one thing. When you're doing the spell, try to turn off your phone. Don't listen to music. Don't watch your phone. I'm focused on this, so try to put a clock, 90 minutes. So try to put a clock in, in your phone if you want to have it turned on for 90 minutes. And for the next 90 minutes, I don't go to take my phone. I don't go to ask where the door or the phone or any sound in the window. I just go to focus for 90 minutes here in the things that I'm doing. Because your phone is your best friend, but it's also your enemy. We keep you distracted of everything. After that, just try to elaborate, which is exactly your intention here. For example, I want money. Okay, why do you want money? I want money because, just because, no, you need to focus. Exactly, why do you want money? You need more money for, to pay your rent. You need more money to feed uh, in kind with your family that you can help other people. You need money because you feel that you will need it in the future. Try to focus why you really need it. That is very helpful. Because if not, what will happen? You do any spend of money that you find in any other book on witchcraft around there, try to cast the spell, you will see this. In the next three or six, six weeks, you will receive some kind of bonus or money extra. Probably you find $20 in the street. But you say, oh, just $20? Yeah, you just did a spell for money just because you have now $20. And the next day, you just lost the money or someone else comes to you because your sister come and say, oh, you know, I can take for more than $20, and it's your sister. You know that she never will give you the money back. So you just love the money in which you spend all your time and, and the spend. So just try to really focus, which is my intention here. Why I need this money? I really need it. Or why I need is, for example, a better job. I have a job that is not paying me well. Probably need to do uh, some kind of spell or some kind of ritual to understand how I can do more money in my work, how I can find a different job, how I can have a better relationship, for example, with my boss or with, or with my colleagues in the work. Because all of this has a lot of influence in the things that you do because it's not just money, huh? but from where will come the money, how we manifest the money, how you will use the money. It's trying to have a lot of clarity about all of this. Why I need it, when I need it, how I need it. I need it in cash, I need a credit card. I'm in debt since this moment. I have so many debts. I mean, I need to pay the rent, I need to pay for the car, I need to pay because 
my wife is pregnant, I need to pay for the insurance, I need to pay for the college of my children, I need to pay so many things at the moment. And I have this job that don't pay me too much. What I need? Okay, I will test up this new project, I don't know, a podcast, I will sell ice cream in the street, I will teach classes online, I will do, I will do something. So I need to bring clients. Exactly, so, and, you, and you need to be aware, conscious or aware of those opportunities, right? Exactly. So let me try to be very clear about all of this. What I need is not money. I need more clients. I need to sell everything that I'm trying to sell. I need that every time that I give a card to, to a stranger in, in the street, or oh, take the card of the thing that I am promoting, that they really receive it and they really want it. Like, I don't know, the most uh, crazy thing I'm offering being a, a clown in children's parties. So I need to give these cards, and I need that when I give the card to someone, a stranger in, in, in the street, they don't say, I don't like it. I need that they receive it well, and they say, oh, you know, I have this friend who's doing a party the next weekend, so probably I can contract your service. That is what you are looking for. You are not looking for money, for random money, just because you are looking for my attention, because you really need it. And in the end of the day, in humanity, while we are here, we all need the money. Millionaires for people, everybody needs money in some way. So it's focused on that. It's being conscious about money is not my enemy. Money is my friend. But also, I need money for what? Not because I want to show off that it has money. It's money will help me to rise, to have a better insurance, to have a better apartment, to, to have a place that I can call home and invite to my mom and my dad with all security time. You know, man, you can stay in my home because now I'm not living in a rent apartment. I have my own home, so you can come and stay a whole weekend if you want because I have the money for that. You lost me again, I know. You lost me again. No, we can still hear you. We just can't see you. Um, that happens a lot. So then, so that's sort of the baseline. And then what sort of the take that the upper level what's that like what's your morning routine look like uh, sorry repeat the question I, I don't understand the last two words what's your morning routine look like okay the first thing in the morning is trying to don't wash the phone I know it's difficult but I, I see because I asked this question to many of my friends which is the first thing that you do in the morning and they say I take the phone to see all the notifications that I receive in the night so I try to put the phone out of of my um, room. So in the moment that I wake up, the first thing is trying to watch uh, for, for the window. I have a very nice view of Manhattan. So in the morning, what, the first thing that I do is open the window. I don't do yoga, this kind of very little thing. It's just something simple. I just open my window, I see Manhattan, and every morning I remember, wow, how much work I did to stay here. I mean, I literally take an airplane, that is very easy to say, but I take an airplane to a different country with $15 and I don't understand the language. I arrive here just saying hi, hello, and bye, because I really don't understand the language at that moment. So every time that I see Manhattan, I feel grateful for all the things that I did, and because stay here give me the opportunity to help to my family, sending money, sending food, sending clothes, sending everything to them. So that's, for me, it's very simple, but it's a very symbolistic ritual. After that, I need to make my coffee. Why? Because I need to feel energized. I need to feel like I'm ready for, for the day. I was in the military school, so I wake up every day very early in the morning. I have my coffee online, so every morning I text to them like at 5 a.m. Good morning, everyone, and they start to ask me like 9 a.m., 10 a.m. Why do you wake up so early in the morning? 
so many years in the military school, I, I really can't sleep more after that. Uh, after the coffee, I can start my day. So the first thing that I do is my schedule uh, for the day. I do all of these things before to do yoga, like candles and everything else, because I need to feel like everything is organized to sit down, totally relax, to pray my altar. I have, I think that you can see from here, I have uh, that. Um, Your altar and the yes, mandala. Yes, that little creature in there made of, made of wood. These Phobos come from me from Venezuela. This is my spirit warrior. He's with me for the last, like, 20 years. And he's very close to the kitchen. So in the morning when I do my coffee, he has his, co his own cup of coffee in there. And in there in the altar is all my tarot cards. So when I sit, I, I don't do this thing that, oh, I wake up. So the first thing that I go to do is pray. Well, because I just wake up in the morning. You know, you feel tired in the morning. You feel like, oh, it's another day. I need coffee, I need to wash my, my mouth, I need to take a shower, I need to see my skin, I need to wash my phone. You are so worried about all of this. So spirituality is very important, especially if it's a very, it's the core of your life. So for me it's important, okay, let me wash my mouth, let me wash my face, let me do my coffee, and after that when I feel more relaxed, like at 7, 8 a.m., I can sit down in front of the altar to speak with the spirits. You know, we have all of this scheduled for today, so how you will join to me today, how you will be in my life today, how you will that something manifest today with kind what kind of things you need today. Let me know, give me a sensation, you want coffee, you want wine, you want water. And after that, like at 9 a.m., I am totally ready to start the day, to start working, doing readings and everything else. So you so let's just summarize that because you skip through a little bit. So when you wake up in the morning, you you don't look at your phone or anything like that. You get into a frame of mind that's sort of positive for the day. But you, what, what were you saying when you look out the window? Or are you? I see Manhattan. I see Manhattan in the window. So in, in the morning, the first thing that I do is open the window to watch Manhattan because it has Manhattan in the front. That is very symbolic. It's very mystic because it's all the effort that I made to, to come here. I mean, to pay the ticket of my airplane, I literally sell my apartment. But it's that. it's really so it's really important that it's it's the it's your you're you're doing something to trigger a positive a positive state of mind, right? Yes. To get into that that sort of That's look. the most important part of the day is not starting at being miserable. You gotta be thankful exactly. for the day. I mean I I don't get the Mondays. I get Mondays is my get back after a day. It's an exciting morning. I mean I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the way that my alarm's not going off at 5 a.m. so that I have to go yeah. catch a bus and stuff like that. I get it. It'd be a lot harder. But, I mean, a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was getting up at 5.55. I remember my alarm being set. And now, you know, I've been able to take a step back. But a lot of that I I probably would would attest to the way of having that mindset of waking up, you know, being thankful and 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 looking at things positively has has seems to have um produced positive results and now i i'm just sort of chasing that down to see how far it can go and that's like monday cuz the weekends the let loose time i don't really you know by sunday night i'm working again a bit i'm getting back into it's time to release the podcast on sunday night but I've probably just spent a day or two in the woods hunting or fishing or camping or hanging out with the kids or doing something. 
And then, I mean, I'm excited Monday morning because there's a bunch of emails to get to, and it's just like I've set my life up in such a way that 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 it brings opportunity. And I mean, one of the things I'm bad at is looking on my phone in the morning. I'm eager to look at my phone in the morning because I want to see what emails came in overnight. Like it's like we're we're at this sort of precipice with with our careers that. You know, you're getting weird emails all the time that are potentially life changing and you're waiting for stuff at the other time. And and it's just, you know, excited about life. Yeah, but I'm that's, excited but that, about but, but my your life. phone in that respect, your phone is a tool for work. It's not necessarily you're not you're not doom scrolling and 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 getting attached or, or just flipping, yeah, flipping easy, through, flipping through Instagram, being distracted on like direct likes or direct messages. I mean, I think it's a little different in that. Respect. Yeah. And I like spend my morning waking up, getting into my surroundings and just being happy to have my bedroom, you know, and my bed, my comfy bed and my nice bedroom that I'm pretty happy to have. Cause you know, a couple of years ago I was living on a couch in a studio. So <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. When I woke up, that's the thing. When I see Manhattan, I just reflect, wow, I literally passed nights in the winter sleeping in a plaza, and now it has a room. I can see Manhattan. I can, I can literally see the places where, where I was sleeping. So it's, it's a symbolic moment. It's like, wow, I passed from that, so let me see how I can start the day, which things I can do today to continue working, which will be my next view in the next apartment, in the next place where I am. Yeah. I mean, is it different in, in growing up in Venezuela with that culture of magic and sorcery and witchery? Like, I really feel like I feel I feel like there's Less some people fascinating. Get like, I wonder yeah. what the number is like here here. I mean, it's interesting because I actually bookmarked a video last night on YouTube of all places because I don't watch YouTube. I don't watch video. Really. I'm not a video guy. I used to watch a lot of video. Now I don't. I got better things to do. Most of the time, but I was actually uploading a video to YouTube last night, and I noticed in my in my recommended videos was a uh, a voted uh, a, a video by Jordan Peterson about um, ninety eight why ninety eight percent of people just don't get it and two percent do, and I'm I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to try and watch it later today, but I'm guessing it's going to follow along the same sort of line of the Napoleon Hill drifting sort of thing where it's 98 and two. And, and we just seem to see this number through the literature. And I wonder if Venezuela produces that same number, is that a Western number? Do, do, do cultures that are more open to magic to and manifestation, practice, yeah, yeah. are they able to get that number to one out of 10 people are, are not drifting? Because I don't think you don't need to have, um, the nice bedroom or the nice view or the nice. I think if you if you can just get into that sort of definiteness of purpose with your life, all that stuff will eventually fall into place along with it. But I think that that sort of not drifting, not getting caught up in it, this fucking sucks. Blah blah blah. I mean, that's all drift shit. That's all people that are stuck in the drift, and that's. I've seen the number thrown around Western culture a lot that is 98 and two, which I, which I would tend to agree with. I mean, out of a hundred people that I know in my, I mean, I'm in a weird situation now, 10 years into the podcast. Cause I know a bunch of people that are podcasting. I've set up in my life with, in such a way that, that I know a lot of people that are after it, you know, that you I mean you surround yourself with people that are after it because you're the 
amalgamation of probably the six or seven people you spend the most time with or interact with the most and and things like that. But when we first started down this path, you know, we were probably we were two out of a hundred that were willing to not go to the movies on the weekend, not go out drinking, not go do this, but you know, dedicate to spending hours and hours every week building. And now you have something. like five hundred episodes. Yeah. 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 And Graham does it as a business and So I quit my full time job recently. So so we're trying to practice I guess what he's trying to say is like we're we're sort of pra- we're on the same page here. We're sort of trying to practice what your what your book is about. And I want to know maybe if without in, the rituals. If but... in Venezuela if, exactly. if there's more people breaking out of the matrix than two out of every hundred. Because here in in the West they say it's one in fifty. This is the thing. Uh, the, the culture is entirely different. Uh, the medical community in Venezuela, all the metaphysical community, which is uh, sorcerers, people who believe in metaphysics, all, all of these are crowd. Um, it's less academic. The United States has so many opportunities. I mean, you can buy the books on Amazon. The books are very cheap here. I mean, $15 for a book or $20 for a book. Here is it's, it's practically nothing. My country is... That's a luxury that you don't have. Uh, uh, so people here is more academic in the medical community. When you sit down to talk with these American witches, they talk about books with reference. They talk about encyclopedies. They are so academic in many aspects. They, they, are, they talk about traditions with, with years. And they say, oh, I was initiated on this, in that year. I was initiated in this. And this tradition was founded for this another person who is a very well-known author from England. They are incredibly academic. Sur America is a little more free in that aspect. It's more spontaneous about magic. People is more, especially because the thing about cultural appropriation here in the United States is very strong. Uh, in Sur America, the culture is very blended. You see things from Peru, from Colombia, from Brazil, especially I grew up between Amazon and Caracas, that is the capital of Venezuela. And Amazon is this mixed place between Colombia, Venezuela, Brazil. So all, everything is blended in there. So it's very common that you see people talking about other spirits and deities from other countries without so much limitation because, because people continue being very respectful. Uh, so in that aspect, the community here is more academic and, and, and at the same time, it's more strict. It's more like you need to stay in your box. People repeat that quote many times here. Uh, the other thing is people in these countries has a tendency to be more uh, related with magic and the spiritual. Uh, I think that I think that academically speaking, uh, countries with with less money, with less possibilities, people will try to find some kind of escape in the religion, in the spirituality. Uh, in, the, in in a country where you have so many opportunities, like United States or Canada or England, people people have some kind of option, some freedom. Oh, I want to be, I can be religious or I can be just atheist and uh, believe just in science and not in magic. Uh, in South America, people don't have many options. They, they need to they need to feel sustained for something. Um, people is not so much academic, not too much, uh, so be, for the lack of, of, of opportunities. So they try to find always a solution in religion, in spirituality. And when they come to this place and they find that everything works in some way, they say, okay, I will sit here, I will try to do this, I will try to find myself in this tradition or trying to work on magic because they're starting to see some kind of results that helps them 
heads to them in some way. Is 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 Christianity also in that mix of of uh, the multimodal? Uh... Yes, multimodal because yes. i i mean we i was gonna we were gonna do an episode with a conjure man with and it was about the appellation conjuring and i was surprised yes. at how christianity was infused with this shamanic almost indigenous yes. healing tradition like it was a real blend of and it, it almost reminds me of your book a little bit how there was a quite a different blend it seems with some some christian principles but also a lot on you know the herbs and the crystals and the rituals and the the actual um, in yes, magical for, intention. Yes, for example, uh, the, the clear example of this is the Afro-Caribbean traditions, Kimbanda, Umbanda, Candomblé, Lukumi, all of these traditions come from, from South America. And these traditions born from a mix of, of different religions. Uh, the slaves come from Africa, against the will. And this is the thing that I always say, uh, because I, ha- I teach some classes about uh, Afro-Caribbean magic. Uh, when the slaves arrived in America, they didn't talk the language of the colonizers, they don't talk the language of the natives. But they, what they see was they, they have some slaves who are natives too, but in this land. So I, what I need to do is trying to find some kind of mystical language to talk with this ally, that is my ally, because we have a common enemy that is the white colonizer. So me, the, the, the African slave, and you, the native slave of America, we can try to see which thing we have in common, also a common enemy. They were parents, they believe in magic, they believe that the snakes are gods, they believe that the rivers are ancestors, they believe that the water was the part of, of the ancestry that tried to put together both continents. So they blend all of this and, and create all the mystical Afro-Caribbean traditions. So put the names of the Orishas, the names of the Orishas in the Afro-Caribbean tradition comes most of the time from rivers. Oshun was a river in Nigeria, Jemaja was a river uh, in the Congo, uh, Shango, all of these Orishas has names from different rivers or different mountains in Africa. Huh. What? Yes, uh, uh, with the time, they started to do the synchronization. That was the way how they can continue venerating their gods under the eyes of the colonizer, because Christianization was imposed to them. You need to be Christian, you need to be baptized, but they con- try to continue believing in their gods. So they put the names of their gods under the altar. So. Uh, people continue venerating Yemaya, that is Orisha from Africa, but they put the altar of La, uh, La Virgen de Regla, uh, that is very well known in Cuba and Venezuela. They have Oshun, who is another building. They have uh, San Lazaro, who is a Catholic, uh, Catholic saint, but also is Tabaluaye, who is African Orisha. So the, what the slaves does was trying to relate, oh, maybe this saint, this Catholic saint, is just another face, a manifestation of my own Orisha, my own God. So I just will venerate him in, in, the, in the church every Sunday. Oh, yes, this is the saint of blah, blah, blah. But in the end of the day in the home, they are like, yes, I was today venerating my Orisha. I was today venerating Oshu. I bring some flowers to them, to, to her. Uh, but when they talk with the colonizers, yes, I bring some flowers to the building. They try to uh, fake the religion in some way. The religion will work for the next 200 years, and now we have sort of this mix of, of religion that is uh, back in now, here in the United States. We have a lot of people practicing Santeria here in the United States that is, uh, was born in South America, uh, in Venezuela, in Cuba, in Brazil, in these different countries. And this Christianization has a lot of strain there because in the end, the slaves were trying to survive. 
So they find a way to use all of these Catholicism uh, folklore, like a way of magic, and they blend together and they see, oh, this works well, I want to use it. Now, when you are initiating these traditions, for example, I was initiating Candomblan post, um, post that I was initiating Lukumi. When you are initiating these traditions, uh, part of the studies that they made you do is you need to learn Yoruba, that is the language, the secret language to the rituals, but also you need to learn all the names, all the saints in the Catholic version and in the Yoruba version from Yoruba land. So you learn all of these traditions that are a lot like one whole. Oh, we lost your audio for some reason. We that lost seems... your audio, yeah. Yeah, we lost your audio. It seems st- like you might have lost our oh. audio, and oh. there it is. He looks like, uh, oh, oh, oh. oh we, we, yeah, we lost your connection there at the end. So let's let's just get into the the book a little bit because you get you get into quite a lot of like basically you're 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 showing people how to use rituals and spells and candles and incense and crystals and all kinds of stuff, right? You want to just talk a little bit about the overall sort of theme of the book? Well, remember Owen Hunt uh, said that he always started his day by thinking about someone he loved or cared about yeah, or yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I listen the question. I, I I don't listen what, what he was murmuring there. Well, no, it, it's um, let, let's just talk about uh, about some of the stuff in your book, like the spells and the uh, the rituals, okay, so, like you oh, just oh, so people know what what to what to expect from your book. Okay, this is the idea. Uh, the the book was called in the original manuscript was the name was Twenty One Rituals for Abundance and Prosperity. What I did was trying to design 21 rituals that were accessible for everyone. Right. Uh, because my, my idea was, I don't care if the people identify like, like uh, Catholic or witch, or they are Jewish witches that they are doing now, or they are Wiccans. I don't care about that. I don't yeah. care about your background. What yeah. I need is that when you do the spell, this works for you, yeah. wherever you believe. Yeah. So I tried to design 21 spells accessible for everyone, very easy to do, not something very ritualistic. I mean, I don't ask you to have uh, the hair of a bear, no. <laughs> Things that you can find in your kitchen, essentially, or in the garden that is growing very close to you. I'm not asking you for mandrake and very good stuff. Simple, simple spells. After that, uh, I create all the rest of the book, like a whole class of two days. It was like, let me imagine that I am taking this uh, symposium, this class about abundance, manifestation, and prosperity. How is this going to work? What, if I go to one of these classes, what they go to teach me first? They go to teach me which, what is abundance, what is prosperity, what is magic, what is money, why money works, why money works. They go to teach me all of this uh, step by step, and after that they go to teach me the spell. So I try to design all the work in that way. All the book is an introduction to the spells that are practical in the end. And you have exercise, meditations, uh, so much ritualistic stuff that you can do because the idea is prepare all your mindset before to do the spells. Why? Because most of the time when I find these books on spell casting, most of the times, is the typical book that is what is magic? What is witchcraft? These are your spells. So you just jump to the spells, you do the spells, and when the spells don't work, oh, it's because the author don't know what he's doing. No, it's because the author don't prepare you 
to expect because you really don't know what are you doing because the author says to you, oh, you need to burn some mandrake in your door and you're like, what's mandrake? Why I need to burn mandrake? What the mandrake will, will do? I mean, why? And the authors usually don't, give, don't take the time to explain to you why do the things. So I try to teach all of this step by step. Okay, this is a candle and this is how it works the candles. You put some lights in there, so you are illuminating all the situation. You are giving clarity to the situation. You are trying to put some fire, some energy in there. When you are using the elements, this is the energy that you are working. When you are using salt, this is what you are doing. When you are conjuring abundance, this is what you are exactly conjuring because language is very important. And many times you find this space that Spell for abundance, ritual for abundance, potion for abundance, but what exactly is abundance? Because abundance, linguistically speaking, is a bunch of things. It's a bunch of something. It's a bunch of stuff. That's abundance. So I'm asking for abundance, but abundance of what exactly? Abundance of illness, abundance of money, abundance of problems, abundance of children, abundance of what? Abundance of rats in your home. I mean, what kind of abundance are you asking for? So I try to put all of this in the mindset. What is abundance? Okay, let me explain to you what is abundance specifically. What is prosperity? What means wealth? What means being a prosperous person? What means magic? How energy works? Because magic and energy are different things. Energy is everything. Magic is the way. How do you use this energy? Uh, That's so a great I definition. I wanted you to. I wanted you to expand on that a little bit. What is magic, right? Yes, it's try to work on all of this. Uh, we. In these books, you always find, it's, it's like the typical book of magic, you find what is magic, what is witchcraft, and these are the 20 or 30 spells that they put in there. And you find magic comes from the word magus, that comes from the Babylonians, that comes from the word magic, that comes from the Bible, and blah, blah, blah. And they just repeat the same speech over and over, and it's boring. It's so boring that nobody really pays attention. The magicians, the old magicians, the mages, uh, that we take from the Bible where this mages that go to visit uh, Jesus when he born, and this, ma this magician come from the East, they come probably from Babylonia, Babylonia at that time, 2000, almost 2,100 years ago, and Babylonia has this amazing academic place for magicians where people uh, with a lot of money in that age send their sons, their sons to astronomy, astrology, alchemy, medicine, all of these things that after Christianization were considered pagan things that need to be born and need to be deleted of history. The children grow up in these places, they learn alchemy, they learn astrology, they learn the names of the planets, they learn, they learn about the movements of the stars. They were considered rulers because they were the sons of the rulers, because they were people of a lot of money. So these magicians were wise people, the wise men, and these people go to read prophecies and they read the future in the stars. They know all of these things. So the magician, what they really do was trying to work with the energy. For example, in the books of magic and Wicca, you always find you need to cast a circle to craft any spell. Nobody tells you why. Uh, this is not a modern practice. It's a very old practice. The Babylonians has this susuru. The susuru is the circle that they made, it literally in rocks. And they use the, the susuru to cast a spell casting to conjure demons and the spirits uh, and gods in their ritualistic uh, practice. All of these are very old things that we just continue recycling and trying to understand in some way. Oh, they were doing this. Let me try to use it. Let me try to see how they did it. And what they did was work with energy. So 
ma magia or magic is just the way how we store energy and how this energy is working. Because in the end of the way, everything is energy, everything is frequency, everything is vibration. Matters are in, in the end of the day vibes. So we are trying to channel different energies in magic. When you are trying to do a spell, what you are doing is trying to um, channel that energy. When you are trying to make a love spell, you are not trying to use some kind of hypnosis on someone. You are trying to channel love in that way and trying to put that in your direction, or, or you are trying to channel energy of protection or good luck or good fortune, or you are trying to channel something. That's what we do in magic. We channel things, we channel the elements, we channel the gods. And magic is that. It's trying to channel different energies, but for that, you need to see what is the energy, how works the energy, how your emotions affect the energy. If you feel bad, if you feel like depressed today, you will do a lot of spells, it's going to work. Don't care how much elaborate and good is the spell, don't go to work because you feel depressed. Your attention is not there, your intention is not there. The spell don't go to work, you're just lighting candles in there. It's not going to work for you. You need to wait when you feel better, and when you feel better, you have better emotions. When you feel like you are in a high vibe of yourself, you do the love spell, it's going to work amazingly for you. Because you did it with all the good intention and you was feeling well when you did it. Is there danger to this? I mean, a lot of people warn against this, opening up uh, whatever, uh, portals or energy or just uh, opening yourself up to, to evil spirits or whatever. I mean, how do you how do you go about uh, either protecting yourself or, or not worrying about this danger? Always worried. Always worried. But not too much. Uh, the idea is, in all the books, we put that you need to cast the circle if you don't have experience, and you need to cast the circle if you have experience. If you don't have experience, the symbol of the circle, made of salt or white pepper or with different elements, will protect you of anything that you are trying to conjure. If you have Experience with more reason you need to cast the circle because if you have more experience, you have more time working with energy, you are more experimental magician, and you have a lot of power, you will conjure something more powerful. So a lot of times I see this mistake that people is like, oh, I have so many years of practice, I don't need to cast a circle. Contrary, you need to have to do it because you are able to conjure something more powerful, something bigger that probably you can control. So it's always important cast the circle. It's one of the recommendations in the book. The, the idea in the spells is that most of the times, if you see it in the book, you are not conjuring anything. You are literally just representing the magic, you are representing everything that you are doing. I'm trying to avoid conjurations in these kind of books because in the moment that you are saying that you are conjuring something, you are not totally sure, especially if you are not clairvoyant, because many magicians are not clairvoyants. They really don't know when the, when the spirit is present. And I see this many times in rituals, I have many stories about it. I was there presenting a ritual with my mom, a general ritual with a lot of people in, in, a, in a home, and they were conjuring a spirit, and the person who was conjuring the spirit do an amazing work, she did an amazing ritual. Uh, we were in there, sit down around, and my mom and I and other people who were climbing were like, wow, this is working. You know, you can feel the spirit, you can see the energy there. And the person who conjured the spirit, she knew was a clairvoyant. And she just, in some way, lied to herself, and she was like, oh, you know, I don't see it, but every time that you do the conjuring, the state are present, so you just embrace the moment, embrace the feeling. And what's weird, because, I mean, she really believed that she was doing it, but she don't see it. She, she continued having faith, 
but she knows what's a criminal, so she, she really can see that the spirit was present in front of her. And all the criminals around were like, were like, wow, you know, she's pretty awesome, but she don't know. So don't say anything. You're, uh, you're saying clairvoyant. You're saying clairvoyant, right? Yes. Yeah. A lot of times, magicians are not clairvoyants. Are just people who buy books and they do spells, but they are not clairvoyants. They don't have a vision. They are not seekers. Yeah. That happens a lot of times. And maybe you're conjuring something and you don't see it, but that something that you're conjuring is in that in front of you. It's right, in right. your orders or your wishes. So something that I try to avoid in the book is to conjuring. I make in the end of the book a list of different gods and the spirits that with who you can work with are gods and spirits of abundance, money, money related, nothing like demons or something like that, because that's not the idea in this book. The idea is that you craft spells for money. That's the focus. I'm not trying to teach you how to conjure any kind of demon. The idea of the rituals is essentially every time that you see a ritual in a book, remember, you recognize a very well ritual because in the ritual you're representing yourself. Sometimes just rituals that don't have any sense. The ritual is yourself because the thing that you're casting is over yourself or over someone else. So in the ritual you will see different elements. The candles in there are to represent fire, are to represent your energy. The eye around is that, that represent the air that you have in your lungs. Uh, the, the water in there is to represent your blood, but also represent the ocean. You are representing different elements of yourself. And when we cast these magical circles that we put in one direction in specific, oh, you need to put the altar in direction to the north, or you need to put the altar in direction to the east. You are trying to represent how are you yourself in that moment of life and how you are manifesting something over your life. So you try to put all of these elements in the altar to represent yourself because in the end of the day, the spell is true. The ritual is true. Ah. The, the, the thing that you have in front of you is just a mirror. Yeah. The candles, the water, all of this is just a mirror. And you are trying to represent yourself. For example, when you do a love spell and you use these candles with human bodies, human form, and you put together... It's not the candles in there. You are trying to represent yourself with someone else in the altar. That's just the mirror that you're watching, and that will give uh, your energy the form that you are putting in there. Because in the end of the day, you are the ritual that you are working. So in, in the spells in the book, you are not conjuring anything uh, dangerous. That's the idea. It's keep it simple for everybody because that was the intention. Like I said before, I know made the books for Santeros or for Magistrates. So for which is made the book for everybody who feels that they can need that they can use some kind of manifestation or abundance extra in their life. Excellent. Right on. Darren, okay. do you have any questions at all? Or? No, I uh, just where our listeners can get the book, where they can follow you if it's, you're on any social media, anything like that. It is on audio. It's a great audio book, by the way. Yes, manifestation magic is available. Everywhere, books and ebooks and audiobooks are sold. Uh, it's available everywhere in your bookstores, on, on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, uh, in any bookstore in your city. Uh, try to support uh, your local bookstore, please. Try to support independent stores. And we always, I always say in the end of each interview, try to support podcasts, radio shows, all of these places, because we don't have many spaces in our communities. Uh, it's very simple when we find a place like this one. So try to be supportive, try to share with your loved ones, with your family, with your friends, try to make some kind of party listening to the podcast. It's very nice. The Grimerica show has a lot of uh, videos because I see it on YouTube. 
who has videos about Atlantis, about toxic masculinity, about gods, about so many interesting things, and aliens and UFOs and everything. So try to support uh, all of these spaces that it has for us. Yeah, thank you, thank you. What are you working on next? Are you do, do you have any plans? What's your next little project? For now, just promoting the book because yeah. it was two years, especially during COVID. Uh, was stressful because when COVID was happening, I had a lot of clients. I am well known in the community because I work with Money Magic. And I had so many clients struggling in that moment. And it was like, I'm doing the perfect book for this year, but it's not publishing yet. And the book was in process in that moment. And I was desperate for that. And they, uh, because the idea was that the book comes out. And in the last year, well, COVID happens. Uh, so the book comes out this year. And uh, now I'm trying to teach people, okay, you have a very complicated 2020, so let me help you to rise yourself in some way with, with this book. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. A lot of people are shifting careers. A lot of people need some some inspiration yes. and some some help with new paths and new money, new ways to get money and new ways to sustain themselves, yeah. I manifest new projects because yeah. we find out that people is able to do many things without working out. Yeah, yeah. Without, without us and a, a normal, common, boring job. You can do many things, and we are finding that now. So I'm trying to inspire people. You know, you can do things that you really like. You just need to try to find how to do it or with, with uh, who do, to do it. You Excellent. Just get into consulting people on how to get their. Yeah, shit that's together. what he's doing. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks, buddy. It's been great chat. Yeah, keep in touch. Yeah, keep in touch, and uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime. Yes. Awesome. Thank you for the okay. space. Thank, Thank you. you. No problem. Have a wonderful right. night. You too. Okay. See ya. And that was our chat with uh, El Home Lefer. Did I say that right? Lefer. Lefer. Elohim. I like that. Lefer. Lefer. Cool name. You know, it's funny. Well, I was just thinking that uh, Uh in a way it's very similar to, so we just did an outlawed recording with, and it was a a completely different thing, but it was with um, Derek Bros. And he's, his thing is like exit and build. So he's teaching how to, how people, how to sort of like get into a new path outside the system, you know, and that, and he's almost teaching the same thing from a magical and ritual perspective. There you go. You know, it is very similar. Like, there's a lot of people looking for new opportunities, or or finding new opportunities, or leaving old old jobs that aren't doing leaving the trick. Old. You know, but this is pretty good. It really gets into like leaving old know, opportunities. <clears throat> yeah, leaving old ones that aren't really opportunities anymore. You know, stop it gets into all the all the stop opportunities. I like that rituals and spells, wishes, desire. It talks about that uh, mages, sorcerers, and witches, and where's the money richness or sacred wealth, prosperity, abundance. I'm going backwards down the chapters. And it also talks about candles, crystals, and gems, gods and spirits and abundant wealth and your relationship with them. Then it talks about the sun, moon, and the planets and magic, sorcery and magic. Those are the chapters. So yeah, he, he does get into it. It's pretty we cool. read stuff backwards. Yeah, sorry. Just I mean, you read books for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Big thanks to El Huim for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're one of the one in a hundred that choose, uh, which turns out to be about 57, that turns out to, uh, no, I'm just kidding, there's more (laughs) than that, but we'd appreciate it if you guys would join the ranks of the few hundred people that do choose to support us. Speaking of manifesting. GrandAmerica.ca slash support. We're trying to manifest a few new supporters this month. 
uh, help Graham feel a little more secure in his at home <laughs> life. But I mean, it's going great. We can't complain. Go to America.ca slash support. If you could sign up for a monthly, maybe do a one time donation. I know you guys think it's a free show, but just because there's 520 episodes there for free. But technically, it's a value for value show. So we just throw this out to the universe for free in the hopes that if people find value in it, they'll throw a couple backs, bucks back our way in the form of value so we can uh, buy value to eat. Yeah, and we can keep investing in the show and keep it going, too. Keep it going, keep I it I mean, growing. honestly, we can't do it without everybody. Like, they, everybody's helped us with our monthly bills, and, like, the show does cost money, and we can't, we couldn't do it without everybody. Grams periodical. Anyway, we love you guys. GrandAmerica.ca support. If you can, when you can, uh, check out our other podcast, GrandAmericaOutlaw.ca, if you want to get into some more controversial content. Not even just controversial at the time. We did some demon stuff, but it's just a different format over there. It's a two-hour interview. No lazy ramblings. Hour free, hour for members. Adultbrain.ca, if you want to get into all those audiobooks, you got 18 different audiobooks for sale now over on Audible, iTunes, all those lovely places you guys get your audiobooks. Use your credits, helps out the show. Learns you guys of Secret Doctrine 1, 2, 3, Hamlet's Mill, Secret Teachings of All Ages. I mean, there's some fucking titles there. Adultbrain.ca, check it out today. CanadianShame.ca if you want to check out Ooh, my yeah, book. Yeah. Uh, one of us wrote a book, Grounds Book, coming out soon too, I imagine. This year, you think? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Shut up. What? I mean, yeah. I'm not teasing. No? It's a lot of work writing a book. Yeah, 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 for sure this year. And then yeah. we'll be back and forth with yeah. editing forever. And yeah, sure. yeah. So now I've got the most of it down. Like I had the download and I put it all down. Now it's kind of like fine tuning and, <laughs> and adding it? some stuff <laughs> in, you know, but now I got to just get, finish that off like that. I was thinking about that the other day. That was almost the easy part. It was the, it was the inspiration, the download. You know? oh, yeah, that's like, the easy part. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And the least frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So that's coming soon. That'll all be through adult brain. You can get to all that. CanadianShame.ca, America.ca slash chats to join the chats. There's a couple hundred awesome people in there having awesome conversations, uh, being awesome most of the time. What else? That's it. That's about it. I think email, uh, email Graham if you spam want. Graham, Graham Synchronicities, stories. Nudes. Nudes. No, 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 no nudes. Um, Send him some dick pics this yeah, week. You know, spiritual experiences, you know, sightings, you stories, feedback, all, all that, that good stuff. All of the above. Guest suggestions. Guest suggestions. Now that one wasn't as good as the opportunities. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Fall.
Don't settle all the time, so 